This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. I'm Chris Bentliff. I'm here with Hale Fardi from Pro CFO Partners. And Hale, I was really interested in the Pro CFO and the FGC uh, financial flywheel that revenue model is one of your key focus areas. And I thought that was interesting because, well, I know what I'm selling. Uh, I I know who my marketing is. This was like the first problem I solved when I decided to start a business, isn't it? How I'm going to make money. Tell me why this is an area of focus or concern as you're exploring this with the clients and the people that you meet. The reason it's an area of concern, Chris, is when we create a business plan, we do talk about the revenue and the numbers and how we're going to get there. But what we're finding more often than not is people have a plan, well, this is what we're going to do, but they don't talk about the path to that plan. They don't really uh, take it and dissect it and then reassess it on a monthly basis. They report on it on a monthly basis. They don't reevaluate it on a monthly or quarterly basis, which is what they really need to do. So you're saying you can't just start your business and say, this is what we do. And then hold tight to that. That needs to be a constant conversation. What we do needs to be constantly under under a lens a little bit. It does. It does. And as a role of a CFO, looking at our financial or historic performance to budget and to goal has been the way we've looked at it. And we do a variance on it, a variance analysis. And we say we're 10% below goal. And if it's a good financial manager and a good executive, we'll take that, we'll divide it by the number of months this year and we'll multiply it by 12 and we'll say, this is where we're going to be the end of the year. All things being equal. And I've said that for so many years, all things being equal, this Mm. is where we'll be at the end of the year. But all things are never equal. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I make a lot of money saying that. That's a really good point. We all we all have this perspective that uh, well, if if things stay as predictable as I imagine they will, when has that ever once been true for any of us? <laughs> and I remember many years ago, I used to say, "Oh, I'm always within five percent of projection," because I would recast my projections every month. <laughs> by the end of the year, I'm only one month out. Well, that's pretty <laughs> smart, actually, because you're you're adjusting to real world dynamics. You know, this year. We bring it up so often because it's so remarkable. No one started 2020 with the vision that we would be experiencing 2020 in the way that we had, whatever that means, in whatever way for for folks. And it has required, and even the change from Q1 to Q2 and now moving into Q3 has been remarkable. Everything has been different, like completely topsy-turvy. What is that discussion like? Every month, what what are the questions or the guidance that you're trying to uh, to understand how to deliver when you're thinking about this is what we need to make sure that we're paying attention to so we can shift three degrees or 13 degrees? Yes. The, um, the interesting thing is business plans are always, I want to say most of the time business plans are met. The goal is met, just not in the timeline. Mm. So if a visionary, an entrepreneur, a CEO is tasked with a goal, COVID with notwithstanding, they usually hit those goals. If they are a startup, they're like sailors. They're looking to see what the wind is. They had an idea, they go to market, and then they tack, 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 based on input. If they are a public company or a large company, 150 million, they already have systems in for four, five, 
quarter out two, three year plans Mm -hmm. and they meet their plans because they're planning here and they're prepared for some things happening along the way. But when you're a company between five and 50 million, five and 35 million, normally companies do an annual strategy planning. Annual strategy And they say, I want to create this goal. We're going to hit this goal. And they usually do their annual strategy planning in October. Yep. By November, they get the numbers out. By December, they finalize it. And in January, they're not getting their sales numbers. Yep. And that's where the revenue model comes into play. It's We need to look at it beyond the numbers. What is your closed cycle? It's, the, it's what you're selling still what the clients are buying. And as a CFO, we look at the numbers underneath that because there are many sales consultants who do this better than we do in terms of what's your market and what's your product and what's your pricing. We do the analysis to say this is not happening right now. And we really help them uh, help the, if they're, depending on the size of the company, if there is a director of sales, we let the numbers inform and we say, you need more time. The January numbers are not going to happen. You can't always hockey stick to hit your goals. We need and to start the planning three quarters earlier. Is that uh, a quick fix? I mean, once you say, look, you're going to need more time, do you build that into the system to say forever now, we need to start thinking about this with longer trajectory or are there lessons to be learned that once learned, you can still kind of compartmentalize that window of time to be as short as you would like it to be? That's an interesting, it's a, I have to answer yes and yes. Mm. It is immediate because I hardly ever plan year one. Year one is status quo and uh, what is it called? Failing water. Yeah. Like something's happened. Well, I really like the five-year vision because it helps the CEO look forward. And we, who knows where we're going to be five years from now. We don't know where we're going to be five months from now. But I like where are we going I really like the three-year plan because I believe the three-year plan is an executable plan. It gives us enough time to do to be prepared to hit that three-year number. And I really like a one-year plan because a one-year plan makes sure we have the resources to stay afloat or to hit our numeric, current numeric targets. So yes, it's immediate in that we have the um, IP and the framework to create that. What are your goals and what are measurable targets? Yeah. And then we go from that measurable targets, we create a strategic map out of that and the revenue model is where that sits. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com How do you create some accountability around that, like a three-year or a five-year goal? It's so easy, I have found. And especially, I love your analogy with the sailors. And as a marketer, this speaks to me. The wind can change quickly. The waves can uh, start bearing uh, us in a much different direction than we planned. And we need to pay attention to those things. And sometimes we, we fight the wind 
we're asking for trouble. And other times it's exactly what we need to do so we can get back on course. So what sort of accountability measures do you like to see so that I don't get distracted and two and a half years in, I'm starting to do something completely different or is that the right thing? Should I be thinking, well, if you're doing something completely different than you thought, we need to look at the business realities that are informing that decision and start to adjust accordingly. So unless you're Columbus and you can just change the name of the country. (laughs) (laughs) You can't change your plans, right? You can, you can change what you discovered and call it India, but, or let's talk about sailing and analogies. If you're going to Hawaii, it's the only Island in the middle of the ocean or one of the Hawaii five islands or whatnot. You can't change course very much as you went there. You're going to be in the middle of nowhere. Yes. So I like the five-year, three-year plan because that's where we're going today. If something drastic happens, and I usually don't, listen, like today's news, right? It's all the closings. It's drastic. And of course, they were not planning for brick and mortar closures. So that's drastic. But it's rare. A pandemic is once every thousand years. It's rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things recover, and this even will recover in one or two years. It'll look different. So yes, you need to be able to pivot, but that's the three-year plan. We still want to be a national organization. That's one of the goals. We still want to have a strong foothold and have established an X market share in 10 cities. We still want to be known, let's talk marketing, Uh, as the leader in this product. Those are the three-year goals. So then you put measurable targets around that. That is fascinating. So so how you get there can change, but you still need to arrive at the island. You can't be floating out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, And that's the part that people, when they set goals, it's usually numeric. Uh, usually I, it's a generalization of a certain pocket of company size. Mm. Right? Uh, startups are audacious. I want to solve this problem. And then they go out and there's the reality of the world. Uh, I, my daughter always says, I want six children. <laughs> <laughs> Start with one and see how that goes. <laughs> a lot of startups are like that. Uh, I'm going to be $100 million in three years. Uh, we're like, okay, let's get the product to market. And, uh, and then maybe it happens. Sometimes uh, you have those unicorns. But in the company's five to 50 million, usually they set numeric goals. The owner or the founder has a personal vision. It might not be aligned or engaging enough for the team. And in order to have an executable business plan, you really need to align the personal purpose and the corporate goal. And it needs to be engaging for the team. And it needs to be the goal, the objective first, and then the measurable targets, the numbers then. And then we use those numbers to guide us into pivoting. Once you have that in place, that revenue model conversation becomes much more clear. Yes. You know, and, you know, back to your flywheel. That's why some things feed into other things, because once you have that goals and strategies in a place that makes sense, it makes the revenue model inevitable. Is that accurate? Absolutely. The revenue model is really interesting in that, because look, we talked about goals. We talked about measurable targets. I want to be national. I want to be $20 million. And now we're going to talk about the revenue market. Well, if you don't look at that every quarter, 
not every year. I'm not saying change it every quarter, but look at it every quarter. You may have a product the market no longer wants. Hmm. You really need to reassess your revenue model. You need to look at, is my the problem I'm solving still there? Is the solution I'm offering still the solution they want? Then I'm going to look at my revenue model in terms of timeline. Are they still making the decision in the same timeline? Because that's where the numbers change. If people are just taking longer to decide because they're all waiting and seeing what happens. This is where we're looking at our compass more often back to the being on a ship. So this is where instead of checking our compass once a year to see how it's going and if we're still on track, we're checking yeah. it on the daily or on the on the monthly or on the on the quarterly uh, with much more intention so that we are if we're moving off track for some reason, we at least understand why and then what to do to get back to where those goals are pointing us to. Back to a conversation you're going to hear over and over, context versus content. Yeah. If we're looking at the financials and the performance of the revenue to model, we're looking internal. We're looking at what we did. In order to look at and achieve our revenue goals, we really need to look external. And we need to not do that in our, and we need to do that in our monthly reporting. So don't just look at your numbers and say, this is what happened. Well, oil and gas went away or COVID happened. You need to look at what does the market need now? What can I add or complement with my current products to gap fill? How can I innovate right now? And we saw that in COVID. We saw so many companies destroyed and we saw so many companies really succeed because they were in plastics and they just pivoted to masks immediately Mm. because that's what their market needed. And those are companies, those agile companies are the companies where they're looking at it. They may not call it revenue model. That's in my world. It's the CFO world or the sales, if you play a role in sales, but it's innovation, it's uh, pivoting. And financial information should be used for that. Holly, thank you so much for this conversation uh, about the revenue model and how it intersects with so many other things in the organization and how we should be paying more attention to it more often so that our business can grow towards that strategy that we're setting. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.